You're listening to Discover Hope with Pastor Tom Leake of Hope Bible Church in Columbia, Maryland. Because he ascended to the Father, now his servants on earth can do greater works than he did. That's what he said. I know that sounds amazing, but that's what he said. Listen, Jesus was never supposed to stay in his body here on earth during the church age. Jesus is present spiritually with us through the presence of his spirit, the Holy Spirit. He's performing his work from heaven through us, but his human body is limited to heaven. Nothing puts a fearful child more at ease than knowing their parent is with them. The darkest nights and scariest noises can be dealt with if mom or dad are near. It probably felt like that to the disciples too. When Jesus was near, everything was okay. So when it was time for him to ascend to heaven, it would be easy for fear to set in. But as Pastor Tom shows us today, it was actually better when Jesus left because he was not leaving them alone. He was giving them the Holy Spirit who would be with them always. Now here's Pastor Tom in the book of Acts chapter 1 as he continues his message, Why Jesus' Ascension Matters. Before there could be the Lord returning, he had to ascend. And we are learning about his ascension. Charles Spurgeon preached in May of 1875. Our Lord Jesus, having spoiled the grave and so proved his power over things under the earth itself, tarried among men for 40 days and so claimed his power over the earth itself and then ascended through the air to show that the dominion of the prince of the power of the air was broken and finally entered into heaven of heavens to claim sovereignty there. That so from the lowest depths to the highest heights he might take possession of his vast domains. And he went on to write, or to preach, I liked to think of him traversing his dominions from end to end like a conqueror looking over the provinces that have been subdued by his might. That's what he did when he ascended. He looked at all that was his. It's our blessing today to return to lofty and powerful thoughts of the ascended Christ. Open your Bibles again to Acts 1, if you would, verses 9 through 11. We read Luke's account, so simple and so true, of the ascension of Jesus Christ. And after he had said these things, he was lifted up while they were looking on, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And as they were gazing intently into the sky while he was going, behold, two men in white clothing stood beside them. They also said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into the sky? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come in just the same way as you have watched him go into heaven. Last time, we had the privilege of unfolding this climactic passage of Holy Scripture, the climax of the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. This passage lets us know that Jesus' ascension in power to the right hand of the Father imparts to his church, imparts to us authority, power, and hope. We began learning all of these lessons through Luke's description of the ascension 
He gives it in two parts. You notice in verse 9, it describes the ascension itself. We spent last time looking at that, and we'll pick up with that this time. And then secondly, the return of the ascended one, Christ's second coming in verses 10 and 11 is mentioned there. We went through the description of the ascension where he was able to rise by his own authority and might. Again, I'll quote Spurgeon. He adds appropriate words here. It is, to my mind, very beautiful to think of there being no medium employed in connection with Jesus' ascension, no angel's wings to bear him upward, no visible arm of omnipotence to lift him gently from the earth, no eagle of Jupiter to steal away this choice and chosen one. No, but he rises by his own power and majesty. He needs no help. I like that. We also covered last time the importance of the doctrine of the ascension in church history, at least a little bit of it, showing that it is indeed unique. And we noted that not enough attention has been given to this profoundly influential moment in human history. Before us, in verse 9, we have the simple, unembellished, eyewitness account of his ascension, believable and true history. We don't have the explanation of the full importance of the event. We just have a very simple description of Christ arising. We're left with the question, why was this important? And that's where we left off last time. Why was it important that Jesus ascended? Why did he have to leave us on planet Earth? What was the ascension of Christ meant to accomplish? We know what the death of Christ accomplished, it paid for sins. We know what the resurrection accomplished, it broke the power of death so we could be raised. But what did the ascension accomplish? When I preached on this passage many years ago, I was struck with how many New Testament verses speak of the ascension of Jesus, mentioning its importance to even our own lives now. And so let's go ahead and delve into the meaning of the ascension here today. First, the ascension meant this. The ascension marked the conclusion of Jesus' earthly ministry. I guess that goes without saying. What was the importance of the ascension? It's basically the time where Christ was no longer going to be on earth. It marked the conclusion of his earthly ministry. In fact, in Acts chapter 1, verses 21 and 22, just a few verses forward if you want to look at it, Peter describes the time that they need an eyewitness of the different events of Jesus, and he kind